Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes today, sitting down with Nico Moon. What a joy. What a great dude, man. We talked music, becoming a dad, and meeting his wife on Facebook. Listen, the story of Anna Moon and him and this single, I Can't Wait to Love You. Did you know that she's been his co-writer since they met? Pretty freaking cool. Let's jump right in and get to know Nico Moon. Pour up another round. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today, sitting down with Mr. Nico Moon. Welcome to Las Vegas. Thanks for having me, man. I'm happy to be here. Dude, we love it you're here. This show, when they pitched it, I was super excited because, A, you've never played at Stoney's before. B, I'm a fan. So this is what yeah. it's supposed to be like, right? I love it, man. Your, Thank you. Your first headlining get, like run? Yes. Well, uh, out west. Yes. Out west. Um, we talked earlier. You said something about these are all places that you've never been before as well. As a headliner. As a headliner, exactly. And uh, we're on show seven? Seven or eight? Seven. Seven. Every show one of them sold out? Every one of them sold out. Dude, Two, how... Uh, the next show sold out, so we'll be at eight in a row. How does that feel? Amazing. Amazing. I, I'm just trying to see how long can we keep it going, hopefully sell this whole tour out. Is this... How long you been in music, like doing what you do? Uh, I started playing music when I was just a kid because I grew up in a really musical home. Both my parents are musicians and songwriters. Right. But I've been doing this full on pretty much since I was 20 years old. Crazy. Born where? I was born in Texas, in Tyler, Texas. Okay. And then when I was 10 years old, I moved out to Georgia, uh, about 30 minutes outside of Atlanta, a town called Douglasville. And that's where I lived until uh, moving to Nashville. And what what took you to Nashville? Did you go by yourself? Did you go? No, I, I brought the wife and the dog. And, uh, you know, it, it was a moment where, you know, I had had some success with the Zac Brown Band while I was still living in Georgia. Were you in the Zac Brown Band? No, I was just a songwriter for the Zac Brown Got Band. Got you. Okay, cool. And I had been fortunate enough to have some success with them. So I think by the point that maybe we we're on like our third or fourth number one together, um, I was like, you know what? I want to move to Nashville, spread my little wings, and see if I can't write for some other country artists too. And right. that's what led me to Nash. How did how did you met the wife in Georgia? Yeah, I met her at a. At, I met her on Facebook. Are you kidding? <laughs> I swear. She uh she uh friend requested me, and I was like, oh my goodness. So I I, I DM'd her and invited her out to a show I was playing. Um, and she came out, and it was just I was like just playing some bar, you know, right? Um. Uh, in Atlanta somewhere, and after the gig, I thought we were going to hang out, you know, go to the bar, grab a drink, get to know each other or something, and I was like, uh, so you want to go to the bar and hang out? She's like, oh, I'm all right. I'm going to head out, but uh, give me a call sometime, and I'll let you take me out on a real date. Love it. And I was like, okay, all right, let's go, and I, I love that, man, and looking back on it, I think what I like so much about it is she required more from me as a man than I was currently given in for uh, a relationship, sure. you know? And so she, it required me elevating myself in order to be with her. And how long ago was that? I'm grateful for that. Oh, man, that was uh, 11 years ago. Damn. So yeah. that's like the pre, the swipe lefts and swipe rights and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, man. That's crazy. That's super crazy. I like it. So 
you guys start dating, get together, and then you're like, hey, man, I got I to gotta move on with my, with my career. She's in music as well? Yeah, so a lot of people don't know this. She's my co-writer. Okay. And Every- has been for a while? Since, since you guys begin- met. Since the beginning with my music. Gotcha. So with my mu- personal music, she's on basically every single song I've ever written. She no wrote way. Good Time With Me, Paradise To Me, No Sad Songs. I would say out of like from album one and then the e- the Coasting EP, so that's 19 songs, she's like on 17 of them. No way. And now yeah. you have a single out and she's, correct me if I'm wrong, she's singing on it. Yeah, so on I Can't Wait To Love You, Yes. Uh, we wrote that one for our baby girl who... Uh, we just had eight weeks ago, and uh, but when we found out that that she was pregnant, I uh, I don't know what came over, but she pulled her iPhone out. We were in the bathroom, and she was literally like, you know, uh, she did her thing on on the stick, and then she handed it to me. She's like, set it on the counter. It says wait five minutes, and I mean, man, I ain't even got that thing down on the counter, and it says she was pregnant. Wow! And so I turned out, and I was like. You're pregnant, and we, we, the, you know, the cliche jumping up and down or whatever, and she just immediately grabs her phone, opens up her video, and says, "Say something to our baby," the first thing you think of, dude. And I was just so overcome with emotion. I was just like, I just can't wait to love you. Is is dude? I just felt that everywhere. Oh man, like everywhere. That's fucking cool, man. They, hey, I'm glad you you, you feel me because I'm feeling it too, man. I got chills under this hoodie I right mean, now myself. Dude, I am my my the hairs on my arms are. I mean, that's I felt it. Through. That's bad, dude. We ended up watching that video the next day. She's like, look at this, look at the video, because I didn't even know what I was saying. I was just talking, right? And and uh, when I said I can't wait to love you, we just kind of looked at each other, and she was like, that's a. We should write a song for her based on that thought. You know, it's like that. Looking forward to loving someone that you ain't even met yet. You right. Know? What a crazy situation to be in. And so uh, that's how the song got written. And Talk- then when we got done writing, I'm like, baby, you got to sing this with me. We, I can't do this with my own. This is, we've been getting asked since the beginning, when are y'all going to do it? Do it? When's she going to sing with you? And this was the song for does she, Does she do her own music as well, like as a singer? or She did for a little while. She, uh, she was doing her own thing. And the way I would kind of describe how her music uh, is, is almost kind of like an Amy Winehouse type of vibe. Okay. It's like jazzy and poppy kind of mixed together but um uh when it came time for me to do my thing and i finally was like hey i want to transition from being a songwriter to being an artist now really i've just been hearing country music in a particular way my whole life and it's time the time has come to like make it and create it and she went full force she's like listen i want to focus on songwriting with you to make this album and that's kind of what i did with her for her music i I was a full-time songwriter at the time and wrote with her while she was an artist and so it's funny we've kind of flipped now and now she's full-time songwriting with me and we don't care all all that matters to us is that we're together and that we're making music together so this is truly is like this is a family thing it's a family business and we make the music at home everything is made at my recording studio in nashville right so this is truly from our home to everybody it's freaking cool, man. That's about as grassroots as it gets, if you think about it. It I mean, is, man. Yeah. I think Thank you're the, you. the first person I've ever sat with that's been in that situation. And uh, this is my fifth year of doing these. And uh, that's a first. I think, I mean, everyone comes from a story that, that means something to them. But I don't think I've ever heard anything as badass as that. Dude, that is sick. What did you grow up listening to? Man, you know... I was probably like everybody else when you're a kid. You listen to what your parents listen to because they don't give you the the sure. <laughs> the control in the car to <laughs> pick. And they were listening to like a lot of um, singer-songwriter type stuff. So as a kid, I was listening to a lot of uh, Patty Griffin and uh, Amy Lou Harris and Chris Christopherson and wow. John Prine. Right. 
John Prine is probably my dad's favorite artist, so that was always being played. I think he might be the greatest country songwriter of all time. Uh, I mean, just he's so good at being clever but conversational at the sure. same time. And to me, that's the bar I'm always trying to reach is that John Prime bar of of thoughtful yet being said in just this everyday kind of talk, you know. Um, and then when I started, you know, getting older and listening to my own stuff, I was listening to a lot of Travis Tritt, a lot of Alan Jackson, and that's because those guys were literally from my area, Georgia. Travis lived about 15 minutes from me. No way. Alan lived about 30 minutes from me. I ran track in high school, and I remember literally we would practice um, at this uh, nature park, and uh, I would literally be running along the Chattahoochee River listen on a trail listening to down on the chattahoochee right so those guys were like telling my life with their lyrics and i related to them so much because they were from where i was from but the the town in georgia i lived in was only like 30 minutes maybe an hour at most outside of atlanta so i was also getting all of that hip-hop influence from atlanta and that's sure. why my music sounds that's why my country music is the way it is you know because i was getting that outcast and ti and ludicrous and all that and so you know I just love the way the drums sound in hip hop. I love that that just hitting your chest from the kick drum. I listened to a little bit of the um, of the early part of the sound check. I walked through the room. I think it was just the drummer and guitar player were up there, and I was like, "That's pretty freaking cool. That's pretty freaking cool." Our stage has seen some stuff, man. I'm so excited for tonight. I, you have a lot of fans in Vegas that are excited for tonight. Um, I always say that Vegas is one of those towns on any given night you can. You can go do anything. So people coming out here, it means something. That's rad. I want to go back to the music stuff. That's a really good point. I never thought of that. Dude, think about it. You but can in do a, anything in, in a town where you could literally do anything your yeah. mind comes to, to choose to come yep. to the show here, yeah. that's a big deal. It's a huge thing, man. And uh, I can tell you that our our room is, is big for what we do. Uh, we sell out shows, but it isn't something we do on a regular basis. That's for damn sure. Our average is somewhere between 700 and 900, where the... Most of the time, a lot of the artists on their way up is where they come through. A lot of them. If you look at that back wall, if you walk down it, you'll see a lot of those guys, you know. But, like, the, Morgan Wallen played here twice, you know, and before he was anybody. And I don't even think his last show he played here, he sold out um, because he wasn't that big at that, at that time. Luke Combs played here in 2016. So we're, like, usually way ahead of this sort of thing. I'm glad we were able to get you <laughs> when we got you, which is cool. This is good. I love it. What was the first song you ever learned to play? Like, because everybody it goes back to that Mockingbird and the Crow thing. I'm going to start using that forever because it's the greatest thing in the world because that's where you all start, right? I mean, you don't yeah. just pick up a guitar and start playing something in your head. You play, you want to learn something. Like, what was the first song you ever learned how to play? You know, I think it was probably Steve Miller Band, The Joker. That was the first song you ever learned how to play. Yeah, I think so because it's just so simple. You know, that boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And it's, it's, it's uh, GCD. That's it's it. just three chords, man. And so uh You know what I'm going home and doing this taught, weekend. My dad taught me how to play it. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm fortunate that my dad plays, you know, so um he taught me how to play all those very first songs. Did your dad come out with you at all? Mom, dad, or Yeah, he yeah. comes out sometimes. Um I, he actually came out on a run just uh just like a month or two ago. Yeah. So it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, he got a bunk and everything. How oh, it's my Dude, mom. he went on the bus with you. Yeah, he came on the bus on a run. And my dad used to be a touring drummer. Okay. And uh, he was in a Red Dirt, uh, Texas country band, and and you know how a lot of that Texas uh, country can be where they they they'll just tour Texas, right? And that's a full time. It is. That's a full time tour right there. And so he was in a band like that, and as the drummer, and they were called the whole damn band. The whole. Oh, I like the whole damn dude. <laughs> that's a rad name. So what did what you put your dad to work, or did he just come out? Nah, he was chilling, man. I was like, you know what? He just retired last year. 
I'm like, you just going to enjoy yourself, man, hang out. And uh, he had the best time, and we had the best time having him. Dude, that's got to be the neatest thing in the world, just to watch the generations. And he's got to be so proud. Oh, man. And, you know, there's a song that I have written for him that's on the first album called Without Saying a Word. Um, Just about all those things I picked up from my dad growing up as a kid that he never said out loud, you know. Yeah. It's amazing what you you learn as a kid from your parents just by how they are. And... uh, it was it was really meaningful for me to be able to play that song in front of packed out, sold out crowds. And he was he there? him out there. Oh, yeah, beautiful. him out in the crowd. That's gotta that's gotta be rad. I wanna go back to the whole car thing, what you said about the parents. Uh, I have a fourteen year old girl and we get in the car and most of the time dad runs the show. But every now and then, more often than not, she have you heard the song? Have you heard the song? Have you and in this world it's so easy to hear that song versus when I was a kid, it wasn't that easy. You had to wait for the radio to play it and then you had to record it. I literally had this oh, tape yeah. deck and when the music would oh, play, yeah, you'd hit it. Yeah. I'd hit it and record it, and then I that was my way of listening That's to it. That's how I made my mixtapes, man. Yep. Yeah. Dude. You know, you just sit there listening all day to the radio till you're the, the song you love, and then you hit record. It was back when you could actually call the radio station, oh, I'm gonna play it after the next song. Yeah, no actually play it. Yeah. yeah. They would actually play it. That's freaking crazy. What so you're you're a dad now? Yeah. Um, eight weeks, man, and you're out on the road. Yeah. Was this tour booked before she was born, sort of thing, or is this? I mean, it's got to be hard to be away. You know, it's funny. It uh, it was booked intentionally uh, in this way. So I took off. I took off two months. So I'm I'm just back on the road. So uh, I decided, you know, she's born uh, November fifteenth. When we found out when she was going, you know, basically when she was going to be born. I was like, I'm going to take off from November 15th to January 15th. Oh, beautiful. And then, okay. And then back on the road. So uh, it, that was the best the best two months of my life. Hell yeah. So she's at like nine nine weeks old now, nine and a half, nine and a half almost ten weeks. And uh, me and Anna are already talking, me and my wife are already talking about how old is old enough to go when y'all can start coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm missing her, man. I'm, I can only imagine eight weeks, nine weeks. Um, who's she gonna say first, mama or dada? Probably mama. Yeah, just because she's at home right now, huh? Yeah, you know she gets a little more FaceTime because she's doing the breastfeeding and all that, you know. And so <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm she gonna gives put my, my FaceTime with her. I'm gonna put my money on dad. Oh, because it was this. My, I, I have a son. I hope so, man. And he was uh, the. He said dad first, and oh, mom really? was in the same position. I worked. Mom was at home sort of thing so it's like that's kind of rad um rest of the year i know you're taking a little bit of a break going back to nashville and then you go back on the road again like what's yeah, home for like 10 days and then and then back on the road first show is going to be in nashville though so that'll be cool it's already sold out and then uh where's that out. one at it's at brooklyn bowl oh beautiful yeah we have one of those here oh really we nice. do it's uh not too far down the road actually my buddy max books is that place in uh awesome yeah they bring i is there do they just do country music or they bring everything through that it's everything everything that's kind of neat, man. It's already sold out. That's a hometown show, you think? Hometown show. I mean, yeah. is that what they call that? I guess in I a would sense? call it a hometown show. Now we've been in Nashville for seven years. Okay, that's fair so, enough. And if we did a hometown show in my hometown, <laughs> I don't come from the biggest town. So sure, <laughs> I just we'd be playing at the Taco Mac. <laughs> <laughs> be six people there. Um, I lived in for a summer in a little town called Doraville, Georgia. That was out of Atlanta. I don't know exactly where it's at, but my grandpa lived there. And I got a taste, uh, I was probably 11, 12, maybe 12 years old at the time, and I got a taste of some stuff I'd never seen before in my life. Like, like um, racism was pretty bad 
back then when I was there. And there was a drink there called Mellow Yellow that finally I see every now and then here. Very, very rare. I see it at the weirdest oh, places. Oh, Mellow Yellow isn't out here. Mm-mm. It's oh. in like... Uh, um, the kids' places where you go in and get pizza, and they have um, um, all the stuff for the kids to do, and they get tickets and all that. I, f- I forget the name of it, but I, it's there. But it's very rare that you find it. But those are the things I, I picked up in Georgia. Different market. Do you find yourself you you spent most of your career on like the southeast and stuff like that? Like, is it easier for you to tour that way because it's closer to home? Or this is a great question because you would think that me being born in Texas, raised in Georgia, and and now calling home Tennessee, that the Southeast would be the bread and butter. But when we tour, we have noticed that it's pretty even across the country. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, rad. about as many people uh, that will come to a show out here, out West, um, or say like up in uh, New England, up Northeast, or, or in the South, it's all about even. This is a fair question for me to ask because you haven't played at Stoney's yet, but what's been your favorite venue so far to to actually step foot in and play, whether it's been on this tour or just in the past or Oh man. Like what maybe not the the best one. Let's let's just have fun and say a few of the, of your of your favorites to go through. Yeah. You know, a long time ago I got the chance to open up at Red Rocks for the Zach Brown band. Get the you like in Colorado? In Colorado. And man, that was that was a special place. If anybody who's listening doesn't know what it looks like, just open up your phone and just type in Red Rocks, um, Denver. And this venue is so cool. It's two natural rock formations that form a natural amphitheater. And for hundreds of years, the Native Americans used those grounds as a ceremonial ground. And uh, it eventually has become now this, I think, the most iconic most beautiful music venue in america and and what's really cool about it too is you know typically on the stage you're up on the stage and then the crowd's down low so you're looking down at the crowd but at red rocks it's the complete opposite you're at the very bottom and you're looking completely up at everybody i've never it just feels overwhelming i've never seen a show there but i've been there twice my one of my really good friends nick lives there and uh i took my son there actually i've been there more than that but i've never seen a show there we've done the hike up the um, all the seats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a workout right there. It is. I, yeah, I did it half. I'm not going to act like I made the whole damn thing. <laughs> um, but standing on that stage and looking up, is it's pretty crazy, man. Like, it's neat. I have watched some shows, uh, like on DVD or um, YouTube or something, something like that, of shows that have happened there. And it's 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 an experience, something that I definitely will experience before my time. Um, but that place is badass. Goals as an artist. Um you're headlining your own tour. Obviously, we want to get bigger and get you into arena stuff. Like, um, have you played arenas? Yes. Bigger? It's like o- o- opening for people? As open, as an opener. So here's my fun question for you. Obviously, playing the smaller venues, let's even go smaller than here, in a okay. sense, versus the arena. What I know that there's a difference in the two. Do you have a preference to those? Like, which one mm. that you might like better, the reasons why? You know, they're just different. Definitely. They're really different, in, in the sense that there's a lot to to like about each um there's an intimacy yeah with a smaller venue right and there's because I, I, I feel like there's this sense of everyone in the crowd's like oh man it's like there's only a, this much of us getting to experience this feeling yeah and you're such most uh such more closer contact to everybody intimate yeah it's way more intimate but at the same time that feeling of standing in front of ten thousand people and hearing good time, eh. I mean, just will just make the hair stand up on the back of your head. You know? I've told this story a couple times lately. I've been on this stage. I go out and I MC, and I'll give away tickets to a show, okay? And the crowd goes crazy, 
I always say that I understand why you do what you do. Because I've stood up there and walked off the stage before, and it hurts, in a sense. It's so loud that you walk out of there and you can't feel stuff. But the first time people sang back your, your music, that had just had to be, like, I would say some sort of um, crack or something. Some caffeine, anything to be ad- addicted to, right? Like, that gives you that, yeah. that drive to keep going and going and going. It has to, I, I would assume. Yeah, and what I think that is, that feeling, is this feeling of connection. Yeah. Of human connection. It's a beautiful thing. And you know, it's funny. You said smaller than here and bigger than here. Yeah. But I think that there's this really cool sweet spot that happens in places about this size. Yeah. Where you're able to get enough people in the building where you're like over a thousand people. So now we're starting to get into the realm of like big show type of feeling of like, wow, I'm here with a mass amount of people. Yep. While at the same time, you can be at the back and still have a, a pretty good view of the stage and I can see the back, you know? And so, and so you still are getting that connection. So to me, like there's the perfect sweet spot is, is it around this size, you know, beautiful. one to three is, is a beautiful place. It's a tough room for a lot of people because it's a lot of, it's a lot of tickets. It really is. You did great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Give me one artist that you'd love to share the stage with and go out on the road with and learn from? Oh, wow. Can I give you two? Please. Okay. What if I was like, hell no. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like Kenny Chesney would be such a deep well of knowledge and wisdom to learn from. I just feel like he has done everything a person could possibly do when it comes to touring. And I would just love to be able to dig into his brain as much as he would let me to get as much information uh, and, and much knowledge out of him as possible. Because I, I just think, I just think he has to be one of the greatest country performers of all time. I want to jump in before you tell me the other one. I was in Nashville for some sort of a award ceremony, and Red Atkins was up there, and he was telling a story how he first got to Nashville. And he walked into a bar, and Kenny Chesney was playing way before anything. And he was just him sitting on uh, a stool playing. And Rhett walked in, and he, I'm going to su- summarize it the best I can, how they just connected. And Kenny was like, come on, play a song. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I got to move here, do whatever. And he said it came full circle because that particular night he was getting the award. Thomas Rhett, his son, was out opening up for Kenny Chesney somewhere down the road. Oh, wow. and he was like, it just literally went, which is the neatest thing in the world, I think. That's what's... One of my favorite things about music is yeah, y'all stay connected in that world. Um, give me the number two artist. So the reason why I'm, I'm having two is like, who would you want to tour? And then, and then you said learn from. Yeah. And so I would really love to learn from Kenny Chesney, who I would really, I think, have a lot of fun being on tour with would be Hardy. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, we we become buddies over the past couple of years and have uh, uh, written some stuff together. Uh, the name of the tour is called Ain't No Better Place. And... Uh, and uh, that song I've been teasing on my socials. I haven't dropped it yet. It's on release, but I wrote "Ain't No Better Place" with Hardy. Oh, beautiful! And um, I just think he's such a talented, and even more important than that, authentic person. The guy's just him, you know. And I love that. Yes. And he's doing his own thing, my, which I, is totally different from me. You know, he he's blending. You he's know, doing hard, rock with he's blending rock and, with country, yeah. and I'm more blending hip hop with country, but. We're doing our own things, and I think that's why I love him because we're kind of like kindred spirits in that way that he's he's a little left of center and he's doing his thing, and it is just resonating. It's working. 
I sat here with him, and I asked him if he wasn't doing music, what would he be doing? And his response was mowing lawns. And I said, I have 2,400 square feet in my backyard. <laughs> he looked at me from right there and said, you got a lawnmower? And I said, I will buy one on the way home. <laughs> but I heard the Mockingbird and the Crow for the first time. I'm not saying that I'm necessarily anti-radio. Um, fuck it. I have a hard time with radio. I really do. You as an artist don't have to. But um, when I heard the Mockingbird and the Crow... I shit myself because I was like, here's a dude that paid his dues, wrote his songs, got a deal publishing, is on probably the perfect label for him because it's they're letting him be him. I mean, what what other scenario could you ask for in that world? And for him to come out, I mean, I listen to Mockingbird and the Crow, and it's just pretty much everything that a lot of you guys go through. I sat here with Cody Johnson, and he said something to me that he went probably to 20 different places and every one of them promised him this asked him to change his hat cut his hair wear a different shirt and every time he would tip his hat and say thank you and he walk out one place said we'll give you a prevost he's like i got two paid for i'm looking for a partner like let's grow and i think that's what music is all about and i think that um i love what you're doing dude man i love that hey amen is sticking to your guns right dude you gotta be true to yourself or else what are you doing it for i will tell you a quick scenario real quick i got i got poached by some people to ask me if I would leave here. I don't own this place. I've run it. I've been here 15 years. But asked if I would leave here and come program another, what they're calling a country place in town, and they're opening two of them. And 90% of their programming was cover music, cover bands. Mm. And my answer was, I don't care how much money you paid me. I can't do it. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we'll bring something through like maybe once a quarter that's original. I'm like, it's not doing what I love doing. So the answer to that is hell no. Yeah. And I just, I don't work that way anyway. But at the end of the day, yeah, it was just, just doesn't like, check the box. You no, know? because you could go get a deal somewhere and they could promise you all this stuff in the world. But you know what? Money ain't going to make you happy. That's right. Because you're going to lose it at the end of the day. I mean, I don't mean the money. I just mean in a sense of happiness. You can't put, you can't put money on that, a price yeah. on that. You know, my dad always says money only fixes money problems. And oh, shit. I've, always, I've always held tight to that. You know, yeah. but the deeper things in life, the like you're talking about, the the finding meaning and, yeah. and purpose in your life, it ain't gonna come from money. You know? No, dude, and your single, your new single is uh, just that. That's, it doesn't get any better than that, man. It really doesn't. I'm gonna listen to that song in a whole new way, knowing the story, and I can guarantee that everyone that listens to this will too. Hey, man, That's thank right. you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. I can't wait. Let's go. We're gonna have fun. Thank you again for the time. Thanks for having me, brother. And for you to love me too. Can't wait to see you dance while I'm playing you a song. I can't wait to hear that pretty voice when you sing along.